hear what has gone on, you know, after his big premiere at uh, the Camping World Truck Series uh, the other day. So excited to talk to Brayton and, and kind of get everything going on. But I, I tell you, I watched the race and uh, proud of him. He kept his nose out of trouble and uh, I, I think he did what he was wanting to do. I mean, we'll let him speak for himself, but he log laps, earned respect to the drivers and, uh, you know, I... I have to admit, I'm a Brayton Laster fan. You know, I've, I've become more because, you know, he jumped out and has done things all the local drivers want to do, and he's got the guts to go do it. So I'm, I'm pretty proud of him. So. You know, and, and I think what you just said is so important. And, I, and you know, I, I think sometimes, you know, the jealousy of others comes out in that. And, boy, 27th. First of all, he made the show. Yes. And he raced his way in through qualifying as it was at the Knoxville dirt track. Yes. Um. Number two, exactly what you said. Anybody talking's never been in a Craftsman truck on the dirt. He kept it clean and got it home. So he's yep. ran two ARCA races and a Craftsman truck series race. All of them never his fault that he got in trouble. And, yes. I, and I think that says a lot about, you know, Brayton and, and, you know, where he's headed. And, you know, I'm like you. I'm a fan. Yep. And uh, you yep. can't find a better family, uh, you know, Dane and – uh, Tammy Laster, just just great human beings and great people. But Matt, before we jump into all that, I want to I want to jump right in and just say, man, we haven't been on here for a while. Uh, you know, our lives have been kind of crazy. Uh, <laughs> That's an understatement. <laughs> but uh, you know, like, what's going on in your world, man? Well, I uh, I guess I'm the washed up has been clown now. You know, I. <laughs> No longer. Uh, well, you're still a clown. Just don't have a circus to go to. That's exactly <laughs> right, man. That's that, that's a great way to put it. So, uh, uh, no no longer the voice of Brownstown Speedway. So, uh, took a step back from that and uh, had to focus on uh, you know life issues with work and moving out to the farm. You know, remodeling that house and and everything. But uh, you know, things took over, but. And it's, you know, I, we mean you've talked we, about revamping this show. And, you know, unfortunately, when I was uh, affiliated with the racetrack, I was unable to do some of these shows. There were topics that got brought up. I had to sit back and be quiet. And, uh, you know, now that that's uh, up and out of the way, I, I feel like I can focus more on Throttled Up and whatever guests we have or whatever topic or issue we have, I can, you know, be an active part of. Yeah, and I'm I'm excited, and you're exactly right. We have talked, and uh, we've got some exciting new ideas uh, here. You know, obviously, it's it's a blessing for me um, getting moved over here closer to you. Yes, um, being closer to the shop. Uh, those that, that have been listening, we have been doing these episodes in the the t-shirt shop yeah. out of necessity. <laughs> um, so it was really nice to come home tonight and just like be at home and see my kids, and then do a podcast. So. Yeah, we're excited. Uh, so everybody listening, I know we've kind of been hit or miss here, and and um, we get some exciting new things we're going to do. We're, there's going to be some spinoffs yeah. here for Throttled Up, some other things we're going to be doing, and looking at a lot more aspects of the racing world. Um, so I, I am, I'm very excited about that. I, I just want to say this to you, Matt, and and I, I want to put it out here publicly. And I know we've had this this conversation obviously privately, but. Um, you know, I, I know there's a lot of speculation and, and, and rumors and all this stuff goes on about everything in racing because it's, you know, it's a bunch of high school drama a lot of times. <laughs> but, um, you know, I, I want to put out that I, I know the full backstory 
of everything that happened and, and the reason why you, you made that choice to step down. I just want to say this, or for any of the rumors that anybody has or reasons why or whatever, I will just say that I know that you made that decision for what's best for you and your family. And, um, yeah. you know, I'm going to tell you the same thing, and, and I know that um, a lot of people would agree with it. That's the definition of a true man is, is when you put others in front of you, especially your family. And I can't be happier for you. I know the things that are coming down the pike with the farm and the excitement of, of what, what's happening there. And I know it was a tough decision, um, very similar to me. Um, for those who know, I, I think I spent almost every weekend last year at a racetrack, and yeah. I have not been to Brownstown Speedway yet this year. Um, and a lot of that has to do with the two young men that are upstairs. Uh, you know, I, I – the t-shirt shop has gotten crazy um, and busier than I ever expected it to be. And, and, you know, spending late nights there through the week and then going and chasing races on the weekend, I realized, you know, I, I was an absentee father in a lot of ways. And uh, so I understand. And I know there's a lot of people that say to me, Hey, when you come back to the racetrack, how can you miss out? How can you not do this? But you know what? That eight and four year old up there that have soccer and have want to play football and want to go camping and want to do this and want to do that. It was time for me to realize I got to give something somewhere. Yep. So, not that I don't love it, not that I'm not paying attention to it, but um, you know, Saturdays there's there's more to Saturdays than just chasing dirt races. So, and I, you know, I would do want to you know also say that um, a lot of the, the relationships I made with several drivers, you know, I, I'm thankful that I got to make those relationships as you know as the announcer over there. I hope to keep those relationships up and. Uh, but right now, I don't even really want to go, you know, if, if I can avoid it to a racetrack. You know, it's uh, it's kind of like when you break up with somebody, you know, you don't want to you don't want to go see them out, you know, at the Applebee's or anything like that for a while. So it's like, I, you know, have no desire to go to go watch, to go, you know, participate in any way right now. But uh, would like to, you know, keep uh, keep the relationships with a lot of the drivers. I spoke to several of them last Friday night and let, you know, let them know that, uh, I was thankful that, you know, we, we became friends over the last 10 years. Let's jump in and talk here just a little bit about some of the racing action that has, has gone on. And uh, I'm going to jump in with one right now. And it's, it's, um, it's kind of funny. I, I had a meeting today with Alan Magner and, uh, you know, if you, if you've never, if you're not a fan of Alan Magner, you don't know Alan Magner, yeah. but, uh, uh, we were we were meeting about some T-shirts, and uh, so be on the lookout. Some really awesome new Alan Magner T-shirts getting ready to roll out uh, here in the next couple of weeks. Fine-tuning some details, and then we'll be ready to go. But um, he looked at me, and he said, you know what? I'm really struggling with these other Fresh Prince cars. <laughs> and, uh, you know, talking about, you know, Tyler Collins mm. and Steve Peden, those two guys that uh, we're lucky enough also carry the Fresh Prince logo there. And, yeah. And um, – Man, he's right. Yeah. Tyler Collins, I'll start off with him, man. He has found something, and it's not just at Brownstown. It's it's Brownstown and Rockcrest. Um, definitely, he's hitting on all cylinders right now. Well, I didn't realize it until I interviewed him in Victory Lane that uh, I knew he'd won the two races we'd had this year, but he said he'd won the last six times he'd been there. He's not been beaten the last six times he's been to – you know, what was formerly Twin Cities and now Rockcrest, and uh, I, I didn't realize that till he said it. But uh, that's really interesting. I bet there's not been a streak like that since Marty. I, I, that's what I thought too. It would have yeah. to probably go back to Mar Marty. Had that one year that man he couldn't be. Yeah. About 
what, 2017, 2018, he couldn't be touched yeah. wherever he went. And, uh, and, and I complimented him in victory lane. Uh, you know, I told him that uh, I thought his racing program changed when he decided I'm going to go to Tennessee and race. I'm going to go to Kentucky and race. I'm going to go over here to Illinois and race. And I said because he raced different racetracks with different people and learned a lot different circumstances that he wouldn't learn just racing at Brownstown every week. And and I, I do think that's what changed his program. And I will say this, too, and he may totally disagree with me on this. I and, and, Tyler, if you listen to this, text me and tell me whether you disagree. The other thing I'll give him a lot of credit for is early on, I think he was chasing how to purchase speed. And, you know, whether it was changing chassis or it was the next set of shocks or it was this or that or whatever it may have been, the next bolt-on speed. Going and racing with those other guys, following up exactly what you just said, I think he has gotten to the point that he truly understands his car. Yeah. He's got that notebook that we always talk about on this show. And I think instead of – I'm not saying he's not got top-notch equipment. Trust me. He's got top-notch equipment. But he also now knows how to use yes. his equipment, which is uh, – uh, a credit to him because definitely um, fast as I'll get out and uh, going to have a lot of fun watching him in the P3 battle, you know, throughout the rest of the year. Well, Magner mentioned those two cars, and uh, if we're keeping score at home, they're both in capitals. <laughs> so uh, that might be, a, you know, common denominator right there between their success. Is and that. isn't it amazing how those chassis swing a little bit? I mean, yeah. two, three years ago – if you weren't a rocket, you couldn't hardly compete. Yeah. And Capital has really come back to the front here. And, you know, yeah. obviously on the national touring scene, Longhorn is uh, is right there with everybody else. And I think Rocket, you know, which is so easy to do with the chassis, you don't want to change when you got something good going. But if you don't, you fall behind real quick. Everybody uh, catches up and passes you. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but speaking about Steve, and I, and I don't want to, I'm not, this is a knock on Steve. I know a lot of times I joke about Steve on here, but this is more of a concern for me. Uh, Steve picked up the crate win up at Circle City uh, the other night uh, in the fair race, and I'm just floored by the car count up there. Yeah. Um, I yeah, think it was, was impressive. I think it was 15 total cars in three classes. There was only four. Oh, I didn't hear that. I, I thought you were talking about the week before that. No, no. They have four crate late models. Um, I think six modified showed up and four or five Crown Vicks. Um, what was the reasoning? Did you hear? Don't know. Uh, I saw the post from the Circle City people, and I, and I can't say – I mean, I can't agree with them enough. Uh, just really shouting out to drivers, hey, we need support. And, I mean, they paid a full purse to um, everyone who showed up, um, and, and kudos to them. There's a lot of promoters that would not yeah. have done that. Um, and I know some people are going to say, well, hey, it's it's was fair week, it's fair money, but it, that's still a tough pill to swallow with those kind of numbers. But I got to say that, you know, I, you got to support these tracks. Yeah. Um, and, you know, if the if the drivers can't support them, we're not going to be able. You know, fans ain't going to show up for four cars, and and it's terrifying to me. I know you and I have talked a lot. Um, you know, the price of gas right now, mm-hmm. um, tire situation, the whole deal. And 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 again, I was I was talking to Magner, and and Magner told me he said I was I was headed to Circle City. He said, and we got to see more. And I said, I, I looked at the radar one more time. He said, it looked like there was a chance of rain. He said, I went on to Brownstown and raced with the Supers. He said, just because I wasn't going to risk $6 a gallon gas, yeah. you know, diesel all the way up there and, and get rained out. And I, I think that's a lot of it. 
Um, you know, and I don't, I, I don't think that Circle City has built that Indianapolis metropolitan area driver um, list yeah. yet. Uh, you know, a lot of these yeah. guys are pulling from, from you know, forty five minutes an hour away, and I think that makes it tough. You know, yeah. and and but no, I was shocked. Um, probably the most shocking thing there, I think, is the the Crown Vic count. I really thought that with the way the sports drone has kind of leaned over to to help here at uh, uh, you know our local dirt yeah. tracks with that, and at Salem, I really thought you know with them having them at Circle City, you'd see a lot of those speed drone guys come down. Um, kind of shocked that that they had that kind of a car count. Well, I know Friday nights at, uh, at Rockcrest, though, they, the crown bit count is, is way down over there also. So, you know, those guys just might not want to travel. And, and you're exactly right. I mean, when you're racing for $125, and I'm, again, not knocking any promoter for what they're, they're paying out, but you can't hardly put a mower on a trailer and pull it anywhere for 125 Absolutely. a night. Yeah. I mean, you, that's a losing proposition before you even walk in the gate. Yeah. And uh, so – Definitely. Um, another one I, I want to follow up on. We we haven't talked since it, it happened, but how about JD, good old Superman, Eldora Million winner? And I will say this: I, I'm not a I'm not anti Davenport in any way, right? But I wouldn't sit here and say I'm a I'm a Jonathan Davenport fan, right? I'm, I'm the same um, way. Yeah, I, I don't have anything against him, but I, I don't know that I root for him. But I also will say this. If it couldn't have been Devin Moran, and I'm not even a Devin Moran fan, but, but the idea of Donnie winning it and then Devin winning yeah. it, that was my pull for the million. But if it couldn't have been him, I don't know that there's anybody better to win it than Davenport. And I don't know if you saw it. Did you see his wife's uh, post that she put out I afterwards? Did not. So, you know, he, he had the, the FaceTime phone call in victory lane with his wife. His wife was not with him. And she said the next day – and for people who don't realize, don't get me wrong. Yes, Davenport has won a lot. Yeah, Davenport is well off. You know, he's got great backing. Blah blah blah. All the stuff people are going to say. But even these guys are still regular guys. Mm-hmm. And and she was talking about she was on their farm, and she said, "I'm out feeding cows, and I'm out moving cows to other pastures. I'm doing all this stuff." And she said, "It just hit me." And she said, "My husband won the Eldora Million." And she said, "the The crazy thing is, and this just shows." how tuned in she is to racing. She said it, it wasn't even the million dollars that made me emotional. It was the fact of the names that he now has cemented himself with, which I would argue with him with her, that he was already in those, that list of names, but he, Davenport may be a Mount Rushmore candidate now. I mean, you, I mean, I don't know that he's right there with him, but he's, He's looking for a mountain to put his face on. You couldn't take him out of the argument. That's for that's, sure. I mean, and it, it, I might be wrong, but he's in his own stuff now, right? Yes, I yeah, I think that's so, all his. That's what I thought yes, so too. So I, he, I mean, he hogged the purse. You don't have to split it with a car owner. Yeah. It, so I, I just again, I know people are going to say, you know, you, you Billy Moyer, Scott Boom, Scott Bloomquist, and I'm not arguing that. Um, on the list of of drivers, dirt late model drivers. Uh, Definitely, and and I understand you've only got four on Rushmore, but if we're starting the new age Rushmore, Davenport's got to be in, in the conversation because um, it, it's easy to look back at Billy Moyer and, and Scott Bloomquist and lose realization on how good Davenport is. I, I, I agree. Um, right. And then he went through a slump. 
and then reinvented himself and kind of came back. So uh, I'll tell you what we might have to do. We might have to invite a couple guests and uh, break down dirt late model drivers like we did the NASCAR drivers. That we time. we may have to put together a, a March Madness of dirt late model drivers and uh, and see where we end up with it. It would be interesting. Yeah. Because, and I think it would be interesting if we could get, you know, that might be one we call on our, our good old buddy Bobby Bowling, too. Yes. To get some wisdom and experience even beyond yours. Uh, because I think it would be interesting to see the difference in thought processes. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and it is. It's a different ball game today, there's no doubt. Yeah. Um, if, you haven't, if you haven't listened, and I, I – <laughs> you, you, you turned me on, first of all, the um, – I got to say this right because I said it wrong the other day. The Jeremy Mayfield, the other day I said Jamie McMurray, he'd be very disappointed I put him <laughs> in that category. But the Jeremy Mayfield episode with on the Dale Jr. download, yes. um, you know, going through his whole thing with, with, with NASCAR was unbelievable to hear. But then if you, if you fast forward to the next episode where they did the Cheaters episode, that's what I think is lost so much in the game today. Um, as you talk engineering, as you talk that, that just, for lack of a better word, redneck ingenuity, redneck engineering. You know, to hear Daryl Waltrip talk about, well, they only weighed our cars at the beginning of the race, so yeah. we filled them with BBs. And I had a T-handle, and I could turn it and drop all these BBs on the track. Yeah. You know, hearing him say, go back and look at the Bristol race. They all came out at one point, and I about lost it. You know, to hear that, you know, um, Petrie say that the first time Dale Earnhardt Sr. ever qualified for a race, he had a bottle of nitrous underneath the seat. That was the only way he got in the Coca-Cola 600 was having nitrous in the car. Like, yeah. those kind of things, just, just going back, you know, today everything's so engineered. Everything is so dialed in. Um, so I would love to hear, I know, and I know Bobby Bowling's got a thousand Paul Crockett stories oh, yeah. about yeah. how they, they, they engineered or innovated speed. Um, but, yeah, I think that's definitely something we need to look for in the future uh, to do for sure. Well, then, you know, you, Scott Bloomquist has pretty much written the late model rule book, you know, because it seemed there for a while everything he changed or, you know, he, he did, they uh, they outlawed it because he got so much, you know, faster. So, you know, he, he helped write the rule book just by all the things he did to his own car. Well, and, you know, I love uh, – I love what Daryl Waltrip said for the, said about that is he said, I was never a rule breaker. He said, I was a rule maker. And he said, once NASCAR said you can't do that, we never went back and did it again. Right. But we were really good at finding the gray areas in the rules and making them define it. He said, yeah. so we were rule makers, not rule breakers. So... Let's go ahead. Let's give Brayton a call. Okay. Let's see. Let's see kind of what, what he's got going on. Uh, we'll dial up the pizza man here. <laughs> hey, Brayton. Oh. Hey, Brayton. Hello? <laughs> hey, what's up, my man? What's up, what's up, what's up? Hey, we got you here on live on Throttled Up right now and uh, just wanting to, to call and, and check in on you. I know last week uh, wasn't able to, to get the podcast in with you um, due to me being a little bit under the weather. But, uh, you know, man, we were talking about you before we, we gave you the call here, Matt and I, and 
can't be more proud of your showing right. at Knoxville, man. You, you know, you made laps. You kept the car, the truck clean, um, and and I, I, you just keep getting better every week, man. What what was your take? Uh, yeah, thank you guys. That, that means a lot. Um, but yeah, that that race, our whole plan was just going there and survive. You know, it, it was my NASCAR Tampa Truck Series debut, and you, you don't get a debut very often. I actually, that's what I call it a debut because you're gonna do it once. But um, yeah, it was just a whole surreal moment. I kind of cool down and slow down things, just take in the entire moment, sitting there with you know the whole family and spending that quality time together because it's very often expected nowadays we're gonna spend that time together. So that was very a whole surreal moment for us and going out there ran twenty seventh. Brought that bad boy home without a scratch on it. You take some super clean, clean up that bad boy, and still be good, you know, next week. So uh, we were definitely very proud of that effort there. Yeah, I was just glad, you know, and I again shout out to you and your family. I appreciate that the uh, the race clean logo was there, well represented on the tailgate. Uh, I appreciate you keeping that thing looking good, not backing it into a wall or anything. Uh, it it looked good all day. Yeah, yeah, it um. It, that was definitely very awesome to have you guys on board too with that. And we, we could have used some race cleaning. Um, <laughs> I, I got out of the truck. And you think with it being like a closed cockpit, you wouldn't get that dirty. But that was the dirtiest I've ever like been after a dirt race. Like my fire seat was covered head toe just dirt. Like <laughs> it went from orange to black. I'm trying to figure out what happened. Um, so what you're so saying I, is I, race clean, laundry soap, and race clean body wash. Yes, I, I did exactly what I was about to say. Which we need some like race clean, like some car wash products. We could have used it could be some new laundry stuff, some shampoo. You know, uh, some, some edible race clean. I know some people would appreciate that. So, uh, you know, yeah, that was the first thing you texted me back today when I texted you and said, "Are you available for a call?" You said, "Hey, I, your daily warning: don't eat the waterless hand cleaner." <laughs> no. So, you no. know, obviously, uh, you know. Brayton, uh, like I said, extremely proud of you, man. And and, and I, I know, you know, the way your your mom and dad felt, uh, you know, with you being able to get in this opportunity. But, you know, what's the plan going forward from here? I know you're, you're in St. Louis right now doing some training. So uh, what's the plan? Yeah, uh, I want to talk about the training a little bit. I haven't pooped in four days. So <laughs> this whole thing is going pretty well. Um yeah, it, it, yeah, it's been a rough. I, I haven't had pizza in like a week. I've had chicken tenders in like two weeks. I mean, I, I'm going cold turkey right about now. But <laughs> so you're having futures, full withdrawals. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm like shaking. You know, I got cold sweats going on. You know, <laughs> I say I, I haven't been in a race car in like two weeks. I, yeah, it's not good for me right now. But uh, yeah, the fan forward is still kind of up in the air. Uh, we haven't really announced this uh, publicly. I don't know if we're, we're going to, but I guess now is the right time to do it. Uh, but NASCAR did, unfortunately. They, they don't want me making my truck asphalt debut at Raceway Park because it's a playoff race, the first race of the playoffs, uh, which I understand that. You know, if I went and turned one, you know, fall into the wall, full sending it, you know, Tim Richmond style, and take out half the field, uh, I, I, yeah, NASCAR would probably never let me even in the pitch again at one of their sanctioning events. So, I, I, it's an unfortunate circumstance, but yeah. 
You know, and I know I talked to your mom a little bit about that, and, and you know, it, it is unfortunate. And, and I, I, I understand, you know, agree that I can understand where NASCAR is coming from, but I mm-hmm. – but I also think, you know, the thing is, if they look back at your your history in the ARCA car, even your experience uh, at Knoxville, you have continually shown that you take care of equipment and, and do not insert yourself in the race where you don't need to be. Yeah, that's always been my thing. I've been racing for 12 years now. Most of that has been on asphalt. But, you know, the, the figure eight stuff, you know, and I don't think Brett Bodine and Brett Bodine should have the driver approval for a NASCAR. I don't think him and NASCAR would look at that as, like, real asphalt experience, even though that right there takes some cojones. It <laughs> uh, so, sure does, yeah. 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 <laughs> so, I, I get, you know, where they're coming from and whatnot. It's just unfortunate. We're just going to have to work our way around it, I guess. But, Yeah. So, so obviously, you know, you said the future's up in the air, but you know, where, you know, where, where can fans see you coming up here? You know, before the end of the season, you're going to be back in the dirt car. What, where are you looking next? Uh, that's a fantastic question. I know we're, we're still going to be running the dirt eight miles and whatnot. Uh, we should be getting our big boy motor back here, hopefully, pretty soon. So, hopefully, we got a little more ump, a little more, you know, go fast. So we're, we're, we're going to be in that. I know our next race is supposed to be at Macon with the uh, Road of Outlaw, or not Road of Outlaw, the uh, Hell Tour on July 7th, which I think is next week. I don't know. I'm going to go say it's next week. Maybe next week, yeah, we'll go with next week. Maybe two weeks, I don't know. It's and, next uh, week. Yeah. You haven't, you haven't had awesome. pizza. You can't even think about next no, week. No. <laughs> I, actually, I think it's almost a week from today. So I think uh, yeah, we're, we're, yeah, we're going to say it's a week from or not today, tomorrow, like week from tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow's Thursday. Yes, this. So, yeah, we're going to be back there. Uh, I'll be back in the uh, uh, 13. This be, it's ironic. The car that I drive is the number 13, but we call it the 2C because the number that was on it when we got it was a 2C. So, we call it the 2C, even though it's number 13. And then we'll have Isaac Johnson back in the Gold Digger number 13, G, which has a G on it now because somebody didn't like us to run a Q13, so we said we'll throw a G on it. So it's not a 13G, it has a duct tape G, tell. But we'll be back. I'm not really sure what the full schedule is past making. I believe it's on the website, BrittonAster.com. I know it's there until maybe August, I want to say. I, I don't know when last month is it. But I know we're definitely going to be back in a dirt car. Figure 8 racing is probably out of the loop for now. But it sucks because I love figure 8 racing. And I was, uh, I'm working on... My claim to fame I want to have is I want to like, reinvent the wheel, per se, but everyone's already done that in the World of Dirt 8 model racing, but no one's ever really done that in figure 8 racing. And figure 8 racing, with it being like, outlaw for the most part, we don't have that many rules. So I already wanted to just go out there and accept the track record and retire from figure 8 racing. So that way, you know, my name is in the record book somewhere other than the guy that smoked two parked cars in one season the crossover. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> you kill me every time, Braden. Uh, well, I also want to say um, we have been working on something pretty special for those Brayton Laster fans that are out there, but we have some uh, some really sweet merch that's going to be coming out. Yeah, I, I've seen a sneak peek. I don't know if I was supposed to see a sneak peek, but I've seen a sneak peek. And it's looking really cool. I'm really hyped for it. 
Um, hopefully, I have more than seven fans. You know, they'll be able to snag some of that. But I, I've been told on Twitter I, I, I don't have more than seven fans. But I think I, I know I got a lot more fans than that, especially with this whole, you know, the whole ARCA and, you know, the, the, the Pizza Man stuff. And I, I've been a lot more active on social media, especially Twitter, because that's a really neat platform to interact with fans directly on. And people on there seem to love me because I talk about getting wrecked by Tony a lot at Talladega. And, uh, yeah, that's that's a blast. I'm trying to get her phone number. So if you guys by any chance have her phone number, uh, I'm, trying, I'm trying to get her phone number for some, uh, uh, we'll, we'll say insurance purposes. But, well, I thought yeah, she'd be you too know. young for you. She's like 24 or something. She's well, older that's, than She's like years I, older. I thought you was into the, the old ladies. I mean, you know, I don't mind. I'm going to cougar if I can find one. But, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll take them at the time. You know, as long as they're, you know, 19, you know, 29, 39, 49. You know, I don't really, you know, I, I don't judge too much, you know. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, Brayton, man, I, I appreciate you taking our call and giving us a breakdown. And like I said, I, I know that there was a, there was some disappointment there from, from the Lasser family on the decision by NASCAR. But I, I want to tell you, man, that, uh, you know, number one, I can't say enough about the friendship that, that we have uh, built out of out of this and the podcast and, you know, Fresh Prince and everything we've been able to work together on. And uh, like, like Matt said earlier, and, and I will say it again, I don't know who the hell told you you only have seven fans, but I know for a fact you got more than seven here in North Vernon. Yeah. So, yeah, um, that's awesome. I, I can I can assure that there's uh there's there's six of them sitting in this house right now that are Brayton Laster fans. So uh let the haters hate, man, and keep being you like we've told you before and uh keep grinding and we're right here supporting you every step of the way. Yeah, I appreciate it. I mean you you guys do a lot for us, especially behind the scenes and uh, we didn't really know who they Anybody at Brian, we've been going to Brian's time, you know, three, four years. And he, he, I, to be honest, like, I didn't even know. I, we, we knew, oh, I, I forget her name, the, the photographer, the photographer lady. Help, help me out here. Jamie. Um, Yeah, that's the one. Uh, Mark and Jamie. I mean, we knew them, and my mom became pretty good friends with them. But as far as the Brownstown staff went, we didn't really know them for the most part. And this past, these past couple months, like, everyone's kind of open arms. And you guys expect it's been really cool. And we just, Developed this awesome friendship, and it's unfortunate I couldn't come down to your house. I would have loved to see the place. I bet you got some awesome food down there. I love some tour <laughs> food, especially right about now. I've ate like grilled chicken and rice every day for like the past two weeks. It's been rough. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna go buy some laxatives because I mean, I, 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 no courage, nothing for like four days. I you're, mean, been, you're getting that beach body, man. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we'll go, we'll go with that. You can't, <laughs> any kids watching, okay? If you're a young kid, you won't be a race car driver. Don't get fat, okay? That, that, <laughs> don't don't get fat. If you, if you want to race dirt, you can get fat. There's a lot of dirt fat race car drivers out there. But if you want to go on NASCAR, uh, fat NASCAR drivers don't exist anymore. Brendan Gaughan's retired. Jimmy Johnson's come down. And Tony Stewart's a team owner. So uh, there's no more fat NASCAR drivers out there anymore, unfortunately. And there it is from Brayton Laster. Brayton, man, uh, wish you all the best and good luck, and thanks for taking our call. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Anytime. See you, man. <laughs> and that, my friends, is the the legend in his own mind, Brayton Laster. 
but I, I do. I, I go back to, man, and I don't know how, outside of jealousy being the only thing, I don't know how you can't pull for the kid, man. He, oh, yeah, I'm with you, man. He's got a, a great attitude. Like you said, his family is great. The only way you ain't going to pull for the kid is, is you're, what jealous. You said, you're just jealous that he's doing it and you're not. And uh, I hope he gets everything he wants in life just because of his personality. Yeah, man, you can't you can't beat the guy. And like I said, you know, it, it just loves loves the sport, you know, and loves uh, loves having fun. So you know, excited for him. Do want to give a big shout out here. I had the uh, Rockcrest Raceway points pulled up here, but uh, just they're, they're not updated from last week, but. We'll just have to be look at the Jeff O'Connor uh, Farm Bureau Insurance Sprint Cars, and it, it it dawned on me. Good buddy in the 5J in third right there, Joss Moffat. Happy birthday, Joss Moffat. Oh, wow. Um, I didn't I realize it was his birthday. Birthday today, uh, Joss. So happy birthday, Joss. I think he's uh, – I think he's like 47 or something um, now. Uh, well, mine will be Sunday. Yeah. Uh, 51. Big 51. <laughs> is that unreal, man? <laughs> it is. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. 51. Wow. Uh, just hanging out at 37. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just it seemed like, I mean, not long ago, I you know, we celebrated 50, and it's like, you know, now I'm a year into the 50s. Well, it's pretty funny because I, I was doing some banner work this week uh, for a couple people, and, and shout out to uh, a friend of the show, Ben Givens. I uh, had to do some banner work for him, and uh, I happened upon the 50th birthday banner that we unveiled at, at Brownstown last year yeah. for you, and I, they happened to come across it. So, yeah, it it just a blink of an eye, man, and oh, it's yeah. another year. Um, they all told me when I was young, the older you get, the quicker it goes, and that's not a lie. No, I mean, that it's is, – uh, you know, it, it is wild for sure. Yeah. So, I do want to shout out. I do not know her name, but uh, the girl that won the uh, midget race at Bartholomew County Fairgrounds last oh, night. Oh, yeah. Who? Um, she's from out of Oklahoma. I know that. And, uh, unfortunately, she didn't get to race to feature with Tony Stewart because uh, he won his heat race but blew up after the heat race there. But uh, 21-year-old girl. I, I apologize for not knowing her name, but uh, – but uh, good job to her coming from Oklahoma up to the Bartholomew County Fairgrounds. And, and I should know her name, too. Um, Thank God for the internet. Yeah, I'm pulling it up here as fast as I can. <laughs> uh, oh, this may not be the right Bartholomew <laughs> County. But, uh, yeah, I heard her name on the news this morning, and uh, – I just thought that was great, you know, young twenty-one-year-old and getting her start. Yeah, and um, I do want to shout out too some cool stuff going on right now in um, here in the state of Indiana. Is you know the um, Hoosier Dirt Cup uh, is taking place with the Heart Hoosier Dirt Cup, uh, the Heart Micro Sprints uh, going on. Um, pretty cool Kyle Bush and Brexton Bush here in the state. Wow. Uh, racing the series. Also, uh, um, Ricky Thornton Jr. Jumping in a micro sprint and racing with these guys. No so kidding. they were at, uh, they were at Circus City last night up in Peru, Indiana. They're at the Rushville, uh, Rush County Fairgrounds tonight. Uh, and just shout out, you can catch all of that racing action on Dirt to Media. Um, but yeah, so not just Brexton, Kyle is in the dirt car with Brexton. Uh, and then again, um, uh, Ricky Thornton jr. Racing with them. Also, if you're, if you're local here, 
uh, Parker Perry uh, yep. up there and uh, making his move up to the next step there in the in the micro sprint world. And uh, had a good showing last night at, at Circus City. Um, I'm sure he would say disappointed from what he's used to, but, um, you know, made the show. I think he finished uh, sixth or seventh. Wow. Uh, so a good night for him, you know, in that new car. And, you know, I know I saw his dad posted, um, you know, their only their only deal was just make laps um, and get some experience. But let me see. I got this pulled up. Uh, no, I guess in the A feature, Parker ended up 18th in oh, okay. the Outlaw non-wings. Um, but again, a, a good night. Um, trying to see where. Believe it or not, I've been to Rush County Speedway. I have not. I went uh, years ago when uh, Nick Magel's son, Dakota, raced uh, TQ Midgets. I went up there with him. And... But then you look here in the uh, stock non-wings. Uh, Ricky Thornton Jr. comes home with a win. Wow. Uh, but third place, Parker Perry. So right there with those guys and, uh, and awesome. running with them. Um, That's very cool. So, yeah, so some exciting stuff right here uh, with that Hoosier Dirt Cup going on right now and the, the Heart Racing Series. And, again, uh, get over to dirttomedia.com, and you can watch all of that stuff live. Um, happening right now, actually. And so a lot of, lot of action there. Um, I want to I throw this out there. You know, we don't, we, don't, we don't usually talk a lot of NASCAR on here. Um, a lot of hatred right now for Ross Chastain, man. Um, the boy's hungry. That's I. <laughs> that's where I'm at too. And you know we, you you know how I feel about him. We're in the NASCAR pool together, and I've I've been a, was a Chastain fan before it was cool to be a Chastain fan, and uh, apparently it's not cool again. But I just think you know he got a taste of success. Trackhouse is doing something right with <sighs> both cars. You know, they at least have at least one win. Both of them in the playoffs. You know, that's a small team that is huge right now. And and, uh, and I'm going to say this. Um, you know, we go all the way back to, you know, the race at the Coliseum, the kickoff there. Yeah. And 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 I and I know I'll tick some people off with this. And that's fine. You DM me. I don't care. You know, everybody poked fun at the, you know, the halftime show or whatever with Pitbull coming out. And, again, here's NASCAR trying to connect with another audience. Got Pitbull coming in as an owner. Um, and I think everybody that maybe is that old-school NASCAR fan thought this is a gimmick, this is a joke. Well, here you got Justin Marks and, and Pitbull owning Trackhouse Racing. And like you just said, two cars, both in the playoffs. Yes, with wins. It ain't like they, they pointed their way in. Yeah. 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 And let's let's look right now. You go to Stuart Haas Racing, who I'm a huge fan of. You've only got one of his cars in the playoff right now. Yeah. And it ain't Kevin Harvick. It's Briscoe. Yeah. So you're exactly right. And that's what I love. And I, I'll give NASCAR a ton of credit on this. Number one, flipping the schedule. And, I, and I'm telling you what, I think you, I, I'm more about this now I almost think that schedule should be almost like what they do at the NFL. It should rotate, meaning keep your your locked in ones. Yes, yeah. you're going to Talladega, you're going to Daytona, you're you're going to Indy. You know, which I'm also a lover of the Indy Road Course yeah, race. I know a lot of people hate it, don't yeah. care. I if you thought the Brickyard was exciting, I don't know what the hell you watched because it was boring. Yes, but 
keep these guys going to places they haven't been. That race at St. Louis, these guys had no clue what to expect. Yes. You know, moving these guys around, this new car leveled the field, and then racetracks that they don't have a playbook on. You go back in the day, and I remember Jeff Gordon talking about the simulators and how much they had advanced and talking about a Pocono. He knew exactly where a sign was, which was his braking zone, and then he hit a bump that was in the track, and then that's when he cut the wheel. Like, once a guy locks in that much, it's just it's just body. I yeah. mean, it's it's muscle memory. I mean, yeah. it's and, and again, nothing taken away from Jeff Gordon. But throw them on something totally different. That's why I don't hate the the cup cars on the dirt at Bristol. No, I don't want to see it every year. But give them variables they are not yes. used to. And, you know, we can go back when they first unveiled this new car, and I was against it. You know, I was pretty vocal against it. But now watching, you know, this deep in the season, that's the greatest thing NASCAR could have done. It's the the racing is so much because better. You can take the the lowest funded team and they're competing with the highest funded team. I mean, it has equaled everything out. You know, when you see Kyle Bush go out to qualify at Nashville and he spins out and crashes, you know, that that makes you wake up because, you know, that everybody's like, Holy cow, Kyle this Bush just spun out because it doesn't happen. And I got to say, too, the composite bodies that they have put on this, and again, I know, you know, these old school guys, yep. these things stand up. We can finally go back to getting a wheel rub, and it's not totally screwed up your, you know, your yes. aerodynamics, and you're done for the day. I agree. These cars are some of the toughest. I've seen guys hit the wall this year that they're like, they're done. And I'm looking at the car, and I'm like, I, I mean, I understand there's internal damage you can't see, but looking yeah. at the body, yeah. you're like, they'll race. Where in years past, they touched the wall and the whole freaking thing seemed to explode and fall apart. Well, I like they can, they can you know, bang doors and stuff and they're not cutting valve stems out like crazy like they were. And they can get up on the back end of guys yes. and, and push and shove. And yeah. No, I, 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 again, I know, you know, NASCAR sometimes in the dirt world's blasphemous, but I, I got to say, if, if you have been a NASCAR fan and you have not tuned back in, um, give it a chance. I, I agree. I, I will just you. say right now, I mean, there is some, there's some exciting racing going on and, and, and some, some exciting personalities too. Something yeah. that we've talked about. Ross Chastain is a, as, as a, as a personality that, that this sport has needed again. And, yeah. you know, and it's, it's wild for me to think right now, you know, Growing up being such a Tony Stewart fan, thinking how long he's been out of the sport now, but looking at guys like Kevin Harvick and that are on their last legs. Kyle Busch may not be back for a while. Well, you or, didn't think Truex was until he just signed the contract extension. Exactly. So, yeah. you know, some of these guys that you've known, but on the flip side, how exciting is it to see guys like Chase Briscoe and, mm -hmm. you know, um, Chase Elliott, what he's doing right now. That, that cat, and I've not been a, a Chase Elliott fan and – you can go back and listen to some of the old old podcasts with White Shoes and me arguing yeah. that he was a uh, you know just a, a rich boy. The dude has impressed me. He's and, gotten, he has finally, I think, come off the uh, coattails of his dad and come into his own. I agree. Yet, uh, and 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 driving impressively. Yes. Um, so yeah. So if you've not watched it, like I said, I, I agree with you hundred percent. I think the new car. I think rotating these tracks. I mean, I would. 
Yeah. You know, I wouldn't go back to St. Louis for three years, and then right. I'd throw St. Louis right back in on yep. them and, and keep these people on their toes. I also think, you know, I almost wouldn't release the schedule until January because they know where they're starting in February at Daytona. Yeah. I'd almost keep a seat so they can't be out testing. They can't be doing just here it is. Well, I like the fact that maybe go to a track you go to every year, but, you know, like you said, flip that schedule. Instead of going in, in June, go in April. And the, the, the weather. The weather's the, all different. You know, it's. Flip uh, the night race and day race. Yes. I mean, that all that yeah. stuff. And I think NASCAR, again, going back to kind of like we were talking about the chassis manufacturers and dirt late model, I think NASCAR was so stuck on, we have a good product, we don't want to lose it. We don't want to do anything that will lose it. What they didn't realize is it was just slowly eroding from yes. the inside. And it got to a point that they looked around and like, oh, shit, we don't have any fans anymore. Yeah. Well, no, because all you run on is mile and a quarters or mile and a half tracks. Single file, you took all the personality out of the sport because mm-hmm. you didn't want anybody to say anything that, that was against anything. And all of a sudden, you didn't have anything. Well, you got to bring all that back. You know, I, I love where it's at right now. I, I, I'll be the first to say I'm not a Bubba Wallace fan, but I even love the fire that Bubba Wallace has. He's yeah. he's that villain right now to to love to hate. Um, yes. You know, and, and I, I, I think that this sport um, cannot give enough credit for where I think NASCAR is going and, and just having the guts to – to try things, you know, we, we talk about Brayton Laster and having the cojones to go do what he's doing. Just having the guts to put, if you'd have told me 10 years ago, NASCAR would put cup cars on dirt at Bristol. I would say there is no, I'd bet you a ton of money that never happened. Again, going back to that, we're not going to mess up a good thing. Yeah. But the same way, if you'd have told me they were going to run the road course at the brickyard that we all had talked about for years, put yeah. them on the road course. It'd be fun. Yeah. I'd never thought, they would make those kind of moves. And uh, and a lot of it, I'll, I'll, I'll say, Dale Jr. talked about it a lot with how good the uh, Coca-Cola 600 was. But, you know, he said if if the Coca-Cola 600 was as good as what it was this year, we'd never saw the Roval. But I think as soon as we saw the Roval and they saw the success of something mm-hmm. different, I think it just totally flipped to let's try things. And, and that's, you know, that's the thing. NASCAR's not going to hit on all of them. The, the all-star race at Texas was awful. Bad yes. decision. Yes. Get, get away from it. Um, the all-star race needs overhauled in a lot of ways. Yeah. Um, I'd like to see the all-star race at a Martinsville or a Bristol and just, you know, let them ride fenders and, you know, the, the big tracks. I just – I would love to see it at that or um, put it back at Charlotte, but segment one is the big track. Oh, yeah. Segment two is the Roval. Segment three is just the road course. Like, make them have multiple styles of driving through the night. And then if they're the all-stars, they should be able to drive everything. That's that's my point exactly. Um, You know, or if there's another track where you can have a road course, a big oval, and a small oval, put them on that. And let's say we're going to go and get rid of this idea that, well, we got to, we got to have a, a big track car. We got to have a short track car. We have a real. You set up the car to the best you can for all three. Yeah, and you got to go make it happen. Yeah, yeah. you you got to be able to turn right. That's not going to be as good on the super speedway, but you better figure it yeah. out, or yeah. you better gamble on one and survive the other. Yeah. I like that idea. Um, another one. I'll steal this from the Dale Junior download, but give them credit. I love that they threw out to fix the All Star race was get rid of all the rules. Mm. 
Run what you brung. Run what you brung. Let them be innovative. You know, you might end up finding things. And this was the interesting thing I thought afterwards. If NASCAR did it, they'd be smart. Because you would find cheats that they're doing during the regular week you wouldn't find because you just opened it up for one weekend to let them go. But yeah, you're just talking about how that innovation has been kind of sucked out of it. You know, that was what, what they were talking about in there. Open it up. Oh, yeah, I like that, too. Figure out what you can do. Um, obviously, you know, Dale Jr. said you, you'd have to you'd have to be very careful where you put them on. You, know, you can't be at Texas doing 200 miles an hour and saying run what you brung because somebody will be doing 280 and yeah. and, and die. Yeah. Um, but I, I like that idea. I mean, that's the whole thing. I love that, you know, the Dale Jr. download also brought up the idea of, hey, put the Xfinity guys in it. Get rid of the cup guys. You know, I even thought, you know, kind of like the SRX deal a little bit. Partner the cup guys with a with an Xfinity or a truck guy. Have the cup guy be the crew chief. Have the cup guy be the spotter. Make them flip a role there and make some of those decisions. But the million dollars goes to that Xfinity or truck guy that could totally change yes. a program. Um, I'm going to give a shout-out, though, to the networks. The Clint Boyer in the, in the booth and, and Junior <laughs> – you know what? I relate to those guys so well when they talk because it's like me and you talking. It is. And, you know, and I love Clint Boyer. I think he is is great for the sport. You know, he's a great ambassador. And I got to say, you know, thinking about him and, and – What happened there. You know, what happened and, and, you know, can't say enough about, you know, I, I know the kind of family guy he is and it's – I can't imagine the, the stuff he's going through. Right. Um but very happy that he was cleared of of, of all yes. um, wrongdoing and not that there was ever a question, but in any situation like that, there's always a, a question and investigation that goes on. But, no, I agree, and I love that they rotated a guy in. Like, I, I, even as big of a Tony Stewart fan as I am, but being a fan of Stewart Haas Racing, I don't know that I want to see Tony in the booth every weekend because in the back of my head, being a – Huge Chase Briscoe fan. Part of me is going, Tony, get the hell out of the box, and and you need to be sitting down yes. there with Briscoe. Right, like, yeah. you're not just an owner. You're you're a Hall of Famer. You yeah. you you've got knowledge. Um, I don't need to see you in a suit and talking. <laughs> but on the flip side, just that rotation of some different guys in there. You know, when Jimmy was on there, it was really good. Yeah. Um, when Chad Knauss was on there, it was really interesting, and to hear some of those other guys, and then to see how they interact with with Boyer. I mean, obviously, Stewart and Boyer is always going to be fun yeah. because they're they're two peas in a pod, and, yeah. and obviously their 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 friendship and relationship goes a long way. But no, I agree with you. I think the networks have done a great job, you know, kind of updating their coverage. Mm-hmm. Um, well, the Xfinity races, you know, they bring two Cup guys in and let them commentate that, and and the truck race. Uh, Chase Briscoe yeah. commentated a truck race, so yeah, yeah I love that they're. Yeah. They're putting these guys in front of it, and you you get that that true feeling of of what's going on. So, well, Matt, I, I we're at, we're at that hour already, and and I will say this, man. Um, you know, I, I know there's a like like we kind of started off and kicked off here. There's there's obviously a lot of things swirling around, and and so be it. Um, you know, I know that you'll agree with me when I say this. We we started this, you know, a hundred and 38 episodes or something ago, um, you know, over four years ago now. Survived a pandemic, survived a lot. Uh, like I said, we've not been around as much as people probably are used to. 
Um, but we're we're kind of reinventing ourselves yeah. and uh, be on the lookout for some new stuff. Uh, like I said, new studio, uh, the Turn Four Lounge is going to be going in here. Um, excited about the future. Excited uh, to to focus on throttled up um, and and, yep. and get where we're going with it. But again, just want to say to you, um, and I will say it as a fan of uh, dirt racing and Brownstown Speedway. Um, I know you didn't feel this way from a lot of people, but thank you for the time that you put in over there. Well, I appreciate um, it. I know for a fact, uh, because I have inside knowledge, you did not get rich uh, over there, um, and unfortunately. Uh, but I mean it. Uh, I know the passion that you had for that place. I know the, the passion that you had for the drivers. The, uh, well, I still have the passion for the drivers. The, the crew, yes. I'm not yeah. taking that. But what you put into it. Um, I can't thank you enough for the time you put in at Brownstown and the, you know, the atmosphere you made. And, and I, I just, I want to thank you, uh, for that. I know it was a difficult decision. It, yeah. Um, yeah. if it was easy, uh, it wouldn't have had the effect and the emotion it had with it. And I know that, you know, you and I had talked about it several times leading up to it before you actually made the decision. Um, and not like in a negative way, just say, I mean, I, I don't know what I'm going to do with this. I got all this and. So thank you. Um, you know, this is a sport that is very thankless. And you yeah, know yeah. what? Um, you know, some people are right. Uh, the next guy will come in and, and they'll do their thing and people will jump all over it and they'll be the hot new thing. But let me tell you something. That's for every promoter. That's for every tower worker. That's for every everybody involved in this sport. The next guy comes along. And just like we talked about, Scott Bloomquist owned the world. Billy Moyer owned the world. And now we're talking about Jonathan Davenport yep. and Hudson O'Neill and Tyler Herb. And uh, so that happens to all of us. No matter how important you may think you are, no matter how important you may think that they, these racetracks won't run without you, but they Ooh. always do. Yep. So, Matt, I appreciate everything that you did um, you. and continue to do. Um, but like I said, I am excited to have you here and uh, and uh, be on the lookout. This may get a little more raw, a little more real, a little more fun, uh, but we're uh, – Well, I'm looking forward to uh, the direction of Throttled Up and uh, ready to be way more involved. And, uh, you know, they just need to pay attention because – We're coming. New things are coming out. So Absolutely. All right, everybody, and we will be back uh, next week uh, right here from the Turn 4 Lounge in uh, Hayden, Indiana, uh, new location. So uh, be on the lookout, and thanks, everybody, for tuning in.